Welcome to the Movies as Mirrors podcast. It's a weekly podcast where we take some issue that relates to some marginalized community and we have our guests talk about a movie that they feel represents that experience. And we hope that through our conversations surrounding these movies, we can come to a greater understanding about the human experience and relate to each other just a little bit better. My name is Max Johnson. And I'm Benjamin Thevenin. And this week, our uh, guest is Savannah Keenan-Croft. Say hi, Savannah. Hey, how are you? So this week, Savannah has chosen us uh, to talk about Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman's a 2017 movie. Do I even need to introduce this? I guess there's probably some people out in the world who haven't seen this. It's directed by Patty Jenkins, based on the DC Comics character created by William Moulton Marston. The film is set during the First World War, and it follows Diana, played by Gal Gadot, Princess of the Amazons, as she leaves Paradise Island to join American spy Steve Trevor, played by Chris Pine, to defeat the God of War Ares and end the war. In the middle of all this, there's a stellar supporting cast, including Robin Wright, Danny Houston, David Thewlis, and others, as well as some romance, betrayal, and a bit of fisticuffs. I used to want to save the world. This beautiful place. But the closer you get, the more you see the great darkness within. So let's start with uh, you, Savannah. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and why you chose this movie? All right. Um, so I just graduated with a master's degree in human development. I studied media, and uh, I'm also a mom, which is part of why I like this movie so much. Um, and I chose this movie because, I mean, it seemed a little cheesy as, like, the one to choose to, like, represent me. So I thought, and I was like, is there a different movie I could choose? But... Honestly, the more I thought about it, the more I realized that, like, this is the first movie that I watched that, like, represented me. Which is weird because I'm not a superhero, obviously. In my own way, I guess I am. I birthed a baby, so, you know. There's something to that. That's right. But, I mean, I'm not actually a superhero. But for some reason, watching Wonder Woman on the screen was very emotional for me. And so that was kind of, like the moment that I first felt represented by media. So that's why I came back to this movie. That's great. Um, You know, we've had, uh, I don't know, we talked about Hellboy in the past. We've had a a number of different movies, um, some superhero movies among the mix in the podcast. I I think it's interesting just because we live in this like superhero moment right now that so much of our media is dominated by these. It's uh, it's fun to have these conversations um, because so many of the movies that we talk about on the podcast are more obscure, they're less popular, they're not as mainstream. But uh, Wonder Woman is among, I don't know, the biggest and best of uh, these superhero movies. Are there specific scenes from the movie that like stand out to you as, like, I don't know, especially resonant with your experience? Yeah, or, or the experience I want to have okay. is even probably a better way of explaining my experience with it. So, so when I first watched it, 
this is so cheesy, but like I started crying within the first two minutes of watching two the minutes. movie. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, because I mean, it like opens, and I don't remember the exact opening scene. I mean, the first one was like the Bruce Wayne delivering the package, whatever. Mm-hmm. I won't spoil it. Is that a spoiler? No, no I mean, we don't do spoilers. We do spoil it, yeah, yeah okay. you can spoil anything you want. Yeah. Okay, cool. All right. So anyway, she and wins then, at the end, guys. Yeah, she ends the war. Exactly. She's yeah. awesome. So, uh, so then. It goes to the mascara, and it's like all these women on horses and like yielding so wielding swords or however you say that, and they're just like so strong, and they like are in not very much clothing either, you know. More clothing than they were in for Justice League. Yeah, exa- for sure. exactly. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that's a point we can talk about later too. <laughs> yeah. But uh, the the moment that I started crying was when this woman's like riding a horse and she just like flips over backwards and like lands on the ground. You see her like thighs kind of shake when they hit the ground and you you like get a shot right of her butt, you know? Mm-hmm. But it like it wasn't sexual for the first time in my life when I was watching a movie with a woman who had very little clothing on, it wasn't sexual. I didn't feel like and not that I mind seeing sexual things in movies, but but you don't feel like she was objectified. No, she was just strong. You know, and then she goes and she shoots an arrow, you know, through this like pot or whatever. Anyway, and it's just like strength and like womanhood. And the first like three minutes of the movie or two minutes of the movie. And I was like mystified from that point forward. I was like, this is something I've never seen before. And I want to absorb every detail because it makes me feel so like, I have so much potential as a woman. I've never felt that before watching a movie. And I, I remember having a similar experience as a child because my mom wanted me to watch this movie called Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. And I said, why are we watching it? She said, because there's girls that kick butt in this movie. Nice. And it was fun to play with my sisters, just some, like, you know, pretend Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon stuff because it's the same kind of thing where it's just women presented with strength, with power, and there's no second guessing about it. Yeah. But it's interesting because that comes from a very Eastern film tradition and we don't mm-hmm. get that in American film tradition because we're so used to seeing women as sexual objects, women as the um, target for the male gaze. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But yeah, Wonder Woman is a great example of not doing that in American cinema. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's also uh, interesting that like you mentioned that you looked at this movie as like kind of what you would hope to experience, like as an ideal. Yeah. You know, that I think super uh, heroes have often functioned in that way. They kind of are emblematic of these like values that we hold as a society and they're hold up held up as these like icons or these ideals for us to, to kind of aspire to. Yeah. And I'm I'm curious like what you you know, what how does Diana work like that, uh, as that kind of ideal for you in this movie? What are the values that she represents? Um, are there like moments in the movie that kind of like speak to your aspirations as a woman or of you think of women in general? I don't know what you think about that, Savannah. Yeah. So uh, every time I watch it, there's a new one. So chronologically, the first time I watched it, uh, I wasn't pregnant yet, but I was trying to have a baby. And my whole life, uh, I've just been like, epidurals are God's gift to women. Like, you know, that's what they're made for. And thank God, because, you know, I'm not going to do that by myself or whatever, you know. But, but, uh, after watching this movie, I left and I marched right in. I was living with my parents. My husband and I were living with my parents at the time. He was doing an internship. So I marched right back in my house. I was like, Mom, I am not getting I'm going to do natural labor when I get pregnant. I hadn't told her I was trying. You know, when I get pregnant in the future someday, you know, I am doing natural labor because I can because women are strong, you know. Mm-hmm. And, like, I'd never 
felt even a desire to do that before until like seeing the woman baffle up the horse or like seeing Diana like walk out into a field and take all the bullets and allow, you know, the army to like advance forward or just like this strength. I've never seen it. And so it was so powerful for me that like it totally changed my expectations for myself, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, I did have a baby and I did get an epidural. <laughs> I got almost there and I was like, this sucks. <laughs> Diana can do it. I watched Wonder Woman th- uh, three days before I had the baby though. I was like, I need to reassure to myself of the strength, you know? And as I was watching it, I was like, she's, she's stronger than me. Like, I don't know. Anyway, but, but now I, I know that I can't, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I know that I am capable of strength like that. Whereas before I had no idea. You know, which probably speaks more to like me and society than it does to actually like Wonder Woman. Like, why have I never thought I could have that strength? You know, but well, I mean, it's it's definitely something that I think traditionally we we've associated that value with masculinity and yeah. not femininity, and we have this kind of uh, counter example. Yeah, at least in your life, right? And I think a lot of women's lives like served them yeah. to be able to see kind of female strength represented. Um, but you, you've also, you also like made an effort to like early on, you said, oh, but there's all these kind of like uniquely feminine qualities or things that we identify as like traditionally feminine yeah. that she also has. So it's not simply Diana kind of being, uh, a male character yeah. or like embodying male strength, but yeah. the, like, what are some of those other qualities in addition to her strength that like you feel like round her out as a character? Yeah, totally. And that actually helps me answer the first question too, the expectations I have for myself, one thing that I noticed this last time when I was watching it uh, was how much she embodies femininity and strength, which, you know, before don't seem to go together very well. Uh, but, I mean, she, everything she does is motivated by compassion, you know. And and I was talking to my husband about this the other day. In other superhero movies, there are moments of compassion, you know, like Batman doesn't kill the Joker, you know, just out of compassion or whatever, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? But uh, but everything she does is motivated by compassion. The reason she leaves the mascara is because she she's horrified that this war is happening and she, she feels compassion for these people and wants to go help them and kill Ares, mm-hmm. you know, when... Uh, she marches out onto the battlefield and absorbs all of those bullets. She had just talked to a woman and was like, please help us. Like, they're enslaving us. We're dying children, you know, whatever. And and Diana feels compassion. And then she marches out onto the battlefield. At the end, when she finally defeats Ares, it's because Steve, we're doing spoilers. Yep. Steve, yep. you know, takes one for the team and blows himself up in this plane, <laughs> you know. And, and she's like, no. And, like, that compassion, that love is what motivates her to finally find the strength within herself to defeat Ares. And that, whether or not it's like only women have compassion like that, I don't know. Mm-hmm. But stereotypically, women are the compassionate ones. And in order to find strength, women are supposed to like push their compassion to the side and like be more masculine and whatever. But that's not what she does. She finds her strength from her compassion. And that's so compelling to me because... As a woman in a man's world, I have felt the need to do that before, you know, to not be compassionate, just to, you know, be strong and set my shoulders back and, you know, not mm-hmm. worry about what other people think and do what I want, you know, and and uh, seeing her do that was eye-opening and inspiring. That was something that stood out. I watched this with my um, family, and it stood out to me, and my boys even commented mm-hmm. on it, that uh, I think 
especially in contrast to so many superhero movies, there are a number of scenes in the movie where she is mourning with people. Like yeah. she is, you know, they're they're getting on the ship to go to the front, and she oh, sees yeah. the wounded soldiers and is horrified. And she, yeah, she speaks to the townspeople and is horrified. And she sees like the way that animals are being treated, and you know, like I mean, so many things speak to the fact that like she is. Uh, she has emotions, right? And uh, she agrees with people in ways that so often we do not see superheroes doing. Yeah. Um, or if they do, it's 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 a it's a singular moment. It's not like kind of a salient characteristic of yeah. of the of the hero. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And one thing too that that I was thinking when I kind of made that realization of like, oh, like compassion and emotion, like you said, can breed strength. It is just like. I mean, as a woman, you know, every month women get all these hormones raging through their bodies and they're like more emotional, like biologically Mm -hmm. or or like psychologically, like we just are more emotional than we normally are every month, you know? Mm -hmm. And, And that's something I've always been like, okay, Savannah, like recenter. It's not that big of a deal. Like you're just emotional right now and you're gonna get over it in a week, whatever. But after watching this, this last time, I was just like, no, like emotions are powerful and mm-hmm. like I don't need to repress them. I need to like sit with them and like think about what I'm learning from this time when I get to experience my emotions more intensely, you know, and like think about Diana and how much strength she found from her emotions. So why would I repress mine when they can breed so much strength in me? Yeah. You know, that's another thing that I was surprised to learn from this movie. It's seeing our emotions as a superpower. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I have a question for you. Yeah. It's, um, so when I watch this movie, I feel like Diana's a very cool model. Like, she's very perfect in a lot of ways. And I think one of the issues I have watching this movie, it feels like she's just kind of a flat character, just kind of mm-hmm. a one-note thing. She learns a little bit about the nature of humanity, but she's a character that doesn't really develop. She's kind of just kind of a perfect person the whole time. Is that the sense you get, and do you find that to be a valuable thing to look to as a role model? Or is mm-hmm. there some sort of... Um, character arc that you do find compelling in her character that's a good question and honestly like i haven't thought about it before just because everything else has like taken up my brain capacity mm, okay. mm-hmm. just because it's the first time experiencing that um i i mean i did find myself this last time thinking like wow you know the acting's not that great in this movie or like like uh yeah diana doesn't really have like this great character arc or whatever but it's not something I've ever like sat with and thought about just because honestly I don't really care like I just love everything else about the movie yeah and that's that's kind of what I was getting at yeah it doesn't have to fill that function always for you it is just kind of this ideal role model like it's a it's a perfect painting of what womanity could be sure Mm -hmm. yeah yeah Totally. I, I'm curious about that, Savannah, because there's there has been some con- controversy around this depiction of Wonder Woman. You know, kind of like infamously, the film director James Cameron called the movie like a step backward and mm-hmm. like just basically like reduced her character to an objectified object. And so this is just the same thing as always. You know, uh, con- you know in contrast to that, so many audiences, like women and men included, like have responded to her as a character and like kind of held her up as this feminist icon. Um, I'm, I'm curious about, like, that, especially regarding, like, the her representation, like, of her body, of her yeah. uh, as, I don't know, a sexual being. Um, what, what do you make of that? Yeah. Uh, uh, I mean, sh- 
she's gorgeous, right? And she's very thin, especially when you compare her to the other women on the island. Mm-hmm. You know, they all, you can see their muscles. You can see it. But on Diana, like, you can't really see that. She's just, like, a very tone, I guess, toned instead of muscular. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. she's not, you don't look at her and you're like, oh, my gosh, she's so strong. She's, like, a superhero strong. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So I, uh, that is something that I noticed, but. I mean, I totally disagree with James Cameron. She's not sexualized. And Patty Jenkins did a great job of not the the other, the director, right? She did a great job of not sexualizing Diana. And I think if anybody's sexualizing her, like, that's on you. Because, like, she is just protruding strength. And you know what I mean? And so I just think, like, I, I, I disagree that that she is sexualized. I do think that she's got a very, like sought after body type and like whatever but I again I just don't care because it's the first time I've seen myself represented in a superhero way like this embracing all of womanhood so I just I don't care if she's got a really nice butt I'm not mm-hmm. looking at her thinking like oh I wish I had her body you know I'm thinking oh, I wish I was as strong as she is in some ways I, I, I totally agree with you and I feel like the contrast of her representation and the Amazon's representation in this movie versus Justice League oh, sure, kind of yeah. clarifies that for yeah, me. Yeah, totally. Said, oh, actually, this these are the same characters, right? But uh, in a new film with a new director, and yeah. I see them being objectified in a way that I did not see them uh, being objectified. Yeah, totally. In Woman, yeah, I agree. Um, I also want to... You mentioned Patty Jenkins being the director of this. I, you know, I wonder what the significance of that is, right? That this is, I looked it up, this is now, it was at the time of its release, it was the highest grossing film uh, directed by a woman. Now it's second to Captain Marvel. Okay, um, yeah. So, I mean, I guess a similar, you know, female-led yeah. superhero film. Um, what do you feel like the significance of the fact that the, both of these films are directed by women, they are uh, uh, have female, you know, protagonists uh and that they've experienced like such incredible success like yeah what what do you feel like that says yeah I, I mean it says that people want it you know i don't know that everybody wants it but like women want to be represented women want to see themselves portrayed as like who they actually are strong courageous you know and and i think men want to see that too and, and i think even the men who don't want to see it, it's helpful for them to see that, you know, to see that like, oh, the other half of the human race has a lot of potential that maybe I didn't know or, or appreciate, you know? And mm-hmm. so, so the fact that it's had so much success to me says that like it's wanted and like people are longing to be represented like this, you know? And uh, I mean, obviously I'm speaking as like a white, able-bodied woman, yeah. you know what I mean? Like I've been far better represented than, than lots of other groups. And I'm totally aware of that. It doesn't make it any less emotional for me, though, to see myself represented in this way. Because um, you're right. We have, I mean, we have a long tradition of uh, female main characters in films, like female-led films. Um, uh, but you're, but I think there's something to uh, to say about the power of the of Captain Marvel and Wonder Woman. And also, like, the the support of industry, right? Like, yeah. these are big-budget movies. Yeah. These, that um, the fact that the industry is only now kind of willing to like place their bets on uh, these these 
female characters. I think it is. It says something. Yeah. But I think yeah, yeah I think it speaks to like uh, the audience's um, need for it. Yeah. The other thing I find interesting about it having a female director too is that like you don't have as much male gaze. You know, obviously mm-hmm. there are other men working on the movie and so maybe some sneaks in i don't know but i mean it's that's part of why it's so powerful is because like it's the female gaze Mm -hmm. you know it's like this is how we see the world Mm -hmm. whereas before all we're seeing is how men see the world or want to you know and in fact i like i like how we actually get like a reversion of the male gaze with like Steve trevor like stripped down to nothing yeah right and her like commenting on like what's that little thing yeah (laughs) Do you, and you let that thing tell tell you what to do all the time. You know, like yeah. I, it almost functions as this, like not quite breaking the fourth wall, but this kind of meta reflection on how so often women are treated in these movies in particular, yeah. but in movies in general. Yeah. And like finally, like uh, men are get a ta- getting a taste of their own medicine. Yeah. For a moment. Totally. And I don't even necessarily think that like we need to do that. You know, it's like mm-hmm. now we have to, like, well, let's just show you what we've been going through this whole time. But it's a nice little, you know. It's fun, though. Now like, you they do it in a fun like, way. Yeah, 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 exactly. It's true. You're, uh, you're a scholar in like childhood development and in media. Um, what do you feel like the significance of the mo- this movie and, or movies like this are for kids? Like, uh, you know, like how does this, do these movies serve them? Uh, and I'm curious, like what lessons, uh, I don't know, you would hope that kids would be able to learn from Wonder Woman and other movies like this? Yeah. So, I mean, I feel like what kind of happens with little kids is like little girls are princesses and little boys are superheroes you know, and uh, we, I was even involved in a study where we looked at some of the outcomes of girls who really are into the princess culture and boys who are really into the superhero culture and good things come out of both, obviously, and bad things come out of both. But, but, um, you know, one of the things we found is that girls who are really immersed in this culture, they underestimate themselves more often um, into the princess culture and uh, except for the girls who really liked Mulan. And at the time, Mulan was, like, you know, the most, like, go-getter, embodying, you know, like, more masculine characteristics of strength and whatever than any of the other superheroes, or, I mean, princesses. Uh, and so I feel like Wonder Woman, and now Captain Marvel as well, like you mentioned, it gives little girls an opportunity to be part of the superhero culture. You know, and Mm -hmm. and not that they couldn't be like, I want to be like Batman. And, and, you know, I did. I loved Batman when I was a kid. But, like, Batman isn't a girl, you know. And so there's part of me that's like, well, I'd rather look like Cinderella than Batman because I want to look like a girl, you know. And so now little girls can look to Wonder Woman and kind of immerse themselves in that culture, which has a lot more positive outcome you know and girls aren't going to underestimate themselves as much as they are if they're just like oh i'm just a princess who's like waiting for a man to come and save me mm-hmm. um all right so before we and i wanted to wrap up with one more question savannah what do you feel like uh comes next i mean we I, it's exciting we have a wonder woman 1984 sequel coming yeah. out next year cheetah and with Kristen wig as cheetah <laughs> yeah. i am i am so interested to see how they do that Same. i want more uh female antagonists well, i'm excited I just, yeah Kristen, dr poison and the first one exactly and, yeah. i just feel like i've seen her in like an snl sketch going like, <laughs> <laughs> like so yeah, it's true. 
Um, and I just am so interested to see how they do it. So we have that on the horizon. I think, uh, you know, there's a Black Widow movie. There's going to be yeah. more female-led superhero movies. Um, but I'm curious, like, what, what you look for, and maybe not particular titles or anything like that, yeah. but, like, what are the things that you're hoping that we get to see in this these movies in the future? Yeah. I mean, I'll be honest. I'm not even a huge superhero movie fan. So is there, a, like, an influence that something like Wonder Woman could have on, like, larger movie culture or yeah. culture in general yeah totally that you would look forward to yeah i mean like i don't even know if i'll watch captain marvel but what i hope that wonder woman kind of inspires in the film industry or even just like creates a demand for you know amongst consumers is like regular women portrayed as like strong brave courageous heroes you know, in their own, not in a superhero-y way, but just a regular story about a regular woman who can, like, save a man. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't see that super often. And I would love to see that become more incorporated in, into popular movies that aren't superhero movies. You know, because, like I said, I'm not a superhero. Wonder Woman was emotional for me. That's how much I felt like it was, like, representation but I would love to like not have to be like well she's a superhero and I'm like this and so like you know I don't I I don't have to strive to be that awesome because I'm just like a human and she's like a demigod you know Mm -hmm. but like like a woman who's like a real life woman doing awesome things that I can strive to be without having to explain to myself that I'm not a superhero you know what I mean I think that's a great question. And actually, like, let's extend that question to our listeners. Um, I, I'd be curious what people have to say about who are the, like, everyday heroines represented in movies that you find the most compelling. Yeah. And so, um, you know, jump on Instagram and Facebook and uh, respond or email us at moviesasmirrors at gmail.com with um, your favorite everyday heroines um, in movies. Um, well, uh, before we end our episode, we do want to respond to some listener feedback from a couple of weeks ago. In one of our past episodes, we, uh, we asked the question, what media representation of mental health have you found informative or helpful? Um, we had a response from Abby. Uh, she says, uh, crazy ex-girlfriend, which actually I love too. Uh, she says, it helps me acknowledge the seriousness of my own mental health issues, but simultaneously allows me to give myself a break and laugh at them too. Have you guys watched that at all? Mm-mm. I've seen clips. Yeah, it has this really nice like combination of like kind of pointed social commentary and uh, musical theater <laughs> that you don't often find <laughs> in a sitcom. And so, yeah, I, I'd recommend it uh, to listeners and to you guys both. You should check it out. Um, what are some of the, the titles that you guys thought of? Uh, Savannah, you can start. Yeah, I just recently watched Silver Linings Playbook with Bradley Cooper and Jennifer Lawrence. And uh, I've never struggled with like depression. I do struggle with anxiety though. And uh, it was really interesting for me to watch Bradley Cooper transition from being in like a care facility or, or like a place that was kind of like helping him to deal with his mental health back into the real world. And I thought they'd actually did a pretty good job of showing how difficult it is to take these like wonderful principles of how to achieve great mental health that you learn in a place like that and then like translate them to real life Mm -hmm. and it's he has really struggled with it and 
And that's the same, like, I'll go to therapy. My therapist will be like, just do this when you feel anxious and just do this. And obviously he's got the best of intentions. But then I get into real life and I'm just like, how am I supposed to sit here and calm myself down when I literally think someone is like climbing up the stairs to murder me in my bed? You know what I mean? It's just like, it's hard to take those principles and put them into real life. So I thought that movie did a really good job of kind of bringing that struggle to light. That movie's so well written, so well yeah, acted that I is. think it really does help kind of carry those concepts from like the theoretical into like the real world. Yeah, in, yeah, in a really I agree. Cool way. What about you, Max? I had a friend actually direct a short film uh-huh. that I just it helped me understand her mental state so well. Basically, it was just her walking around a room on the phone with someone who clearly needs a lot from her. She packs up her backpack with school stuff, with work stuff, and then. The aspect ratio just slowly closes in on her, like the two bars on the side, until she's just trapped in the middle, and then it cuts to black. And um, She would often talk about how stressed she was, and I didn't really understand the extent of it. But when I saw this film and just saw that simple thing of the bars closing in just silently, it really helped me understand her mental state and why it was so hard for her to juggle all these things at once. So. That's cool, that use yeah. of, like, the, the framing of the film. Yeah. To support that idea. It was a really simple thing. It was a really film schooly thing to do because it's just kind of experimental. It obviously couldn't sustain itself for a whole movie, but, you know, just that little little snippet just really helped me understand what she was going through. That's cool. I had a, a double feature in mind. This might be, like, a weird double feature. All right, so... Uh, when I was uh, in film school, I watched a movie from 1962 called Shock Corridor, uh, directed by Samuel Fuller, and it's about this journalist that is trying to solve this murder, so he ad- he admits himself on false pretenses to a mental institution, and then, you know, to try to find it out. And then you can guess what happens. Anyone? He goes crazy. And I think uh, this what what this did to, this kind of open my eyes to at the time was like kind of the mistreatment that people, especially of that era, experienced um, at the hands of mental institutions. Um, that like there was like this kind of like circular logic that uh, any attempt at like progress or to like be released would be uh, um, uh disrupted by the logics of the institution and just it kind of awakened me to like just how uh poorly certainly those institutions but i think society in general like uh uh, treats people with mental health issues Mm -hmm. and then um i think the double feature if you want to follow that like 1962 like kind of like thriller up with um the 2015 pixar movie inside out like a perfect pairing in my thing (laughs) (laughs) and and i think uh that's like a much more accessible way of like just kind of like helping us realize like kind of the competing emotions that we all experience and um and how someone can like uh begin to experience uh depression as a result of like this like series of events that this little girl has um it also has just like i don't know some really touching moments in it and bright colors that's (laughs) true and I don't know. That's great. So uh, that's our episode. Um, we want to thank a few people first. Savannah, thanks for coming on and talking to, uh, to us about Wonder Woman today. Oh, yeah. Thanks for having me. Um, thanks to Alexis Romero-Walker for running our social media. Remember to jump online and find us on those things, those Instagramming thingies. Follow us and share us and do the things that you do with those things. Um, and then uh, thanks to Aiden Bay for our musical uh, intro. Uh, We will see you next week.